You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to BGN Radio with Brandon Lee Gowton and Jimmy Kemsky. Yo, what's going on, everybody? This is BGN Radio, episode number 281, I think. I am Jimmy Kemsky from phillyvoice.com. With me, as always, is Brandon Lee Galton of bleedinggreennation.com. And I hear Chris- Kristen Roach. Yes. Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors is in the bathroom behind me. Who's your Who's your, Who's your your Eagles-Cowboys pick this week? Uh, Eagles. Oh, come here. Boom. Just talking, talking the, say in the microphone. The Eagles. Nice. What's going to be the final score? 24 to uh, 14. Who's nice. going to score the first Eagles touchdown? Oh, come on. Um, what's his name? A.J. Brown? Yeah. Okay. There we go. Okay. <laughs> Bye. So that's Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors pick. Dynamite. Uh, <laughs> before we get to our Eagles-Cowboys analysis, uh, where can I find the, the best meat snacks in the land, buddy? Well, Jimmy, if you're watching the game from home, which you won't be, you'll be in the press box. And But let's say, you know, maybe you have some friends who will be watching the game from home. Certainly, I think our BGN radio listeners count as friends. Uh, they can go to RighteousFelon.com and use discount code BGN15 to get their meat snacks and other non-meat snacks that they have available at RighteousFelon.com. So do that. It's the perfect way to follow along with the game. Hey, if you're tailgating, bring some to the tailgate. Not a bad idea. Something to snack on while you're grilling and doing some other stuff, too. Uh, so there you go. Boom. All right. So where should we start? Should we start? I guess we'll look at the matchups between uh, the Eagles offense against the Cowboys defense and vice versa. Why don't we start with, I think the more compelling matchup is the Eagles offense against the Cowboys defense. So let's start sure. with the other. Let's start with the Eagles defense against the Cowboys offense because it's a little more boring. Uh, so save the, the best for last. Um, what do you see there? Well, first of all, we should probably talk about Dak Prescott, who right. is probably not going to play. He did practice for the first time this season uh, since he injured his thumb and had surgery. And uh, he was a limited participant. We don't know exactly what he did in practice, but uh, the the Dallas beat reporters seem pretty confident that he's not going to play this week. So the Eagles are very, very likely to see Cooper Rush as uh, the Cowboys starter. He, of course, has gone 4-0 <laughs> since Dak Prescott uh, injured his thumb. It hasn't looked impressive necessarily on offense, but he's basically just not made mistakes. He has no interceptions. He's no fumbles lost. Uh, but they also aren't doing anything to push the ball down the field. Like he has 12 pass plays. The Cowboys as a team on the entire season have 12 pass plays of over 20 yards, which is bottom five in the NFL. Um, they also have, I think they're, they're averaging 8.8 passing first downs this year 
awesome, also bottom five in the league. And that's in the company of teams like Chicago, uh, the Giants, Texans, those kinds of teams. So uh, they have been heavily reliant uh, on the run game and, of course, uh, playing ball control offense and letting their defense win games for them. So uh, what do you see in this in this Cowboys offense? Well, what's on Cooper Rush? Uh, he, he feel like he's just due for a turnover. I mean, he, he yeah, yeah, it. yeah. And I was talking to RJ Ochoa from the NFC East mixtape and blogging the boys. Of course, uh, we did a live show on Thursday night, Jimmy, on YouTube, and I asked him, has he gotten away with like some 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 uh, uh bad decisions like that weren't capitalized upon? And he did mention there were two fumbles in the Rams game, which uh, mm-hmm. you know could have been recovered. Um, I think and, Donald and Ramsey uh, both had sacks and knocked him out in that game. Yes, and then he's he said he did have a he has had a couple of dropped picks as well. So uh, or, mm-hmm. or ones that were I think um, like they're almost or actually picked and then called uh, negated by penalty. So it just feels like he's oh, due. Okay, feels like he's due, especially against Eagles defense that has been opportunistic. Um, so I, I just look at it from that perspective. Like he's, it's going to happen at probably at least once. I just feel like it. It's going to happen. Um, he just can't keep getting away with this. Uh, but yes, certainly the Cowboys are almost back to their maybe like their 2016 offense, like with rookie Dak, in the sense of like we want to be run heavy and help get Dak to you know second and short, third and short. We do not want to get behind the stakes if we're or, or behind schedule. If we get behind schedule, then we're probably kind of done because it's not like the quarterback's going to be able to bail us out uh, in this situation. So uh, I think the Eagles kind of have a nice matchup advantage in theory. You know, you have big Jordan Davis who's kind of coming on here and the Cowboys are going to want to run the ball early in the down. Uh, so if you can kind of knock them off schedule there, I think you're in a pretty good spot. What about you? So it's funny the way that um, the Eagles used to approach uh, defense with Jim Schwartz, where yep. first and foremost, what he wanted to do was shut down the run. And that has not really been Jonathan Gannon's MO, but I think that's what it's going to be this week. <laughs> because, you know, as you note, uh, in, it, it is it does look a little bit more like their 2016 offense, uh, far less explosive, of course, sure. uh, than, than that offense. We're talking about an offense in 2016 that had, Zeke Elliott, but a much different version of Zeke Elliott. This Zeke Elliott is, I wouldn't say he's washed, but he's averaging 3.8 yards per carry. And he's been clearly on in decline over the last, you know, three, four years. He's just basically a big back at this point who, you know, will push the pile a little bit, but isn't much of a home run threat in any way anymore. The guy that I'd be a little bit more worried about is Tony Pollard, who has the Cowboys three uh, biggest plays of the season so far this year. I think two of them were as a runner and one was as a one was as a receiver. So the Eagles are going to need a big day, as you mentioned, out of you know the big guys up front and Jordan Davis and Fletcher Cox and Javon Hargrave. Uh, maybe even throw a little Tui and Milton in there. Brandon Graham's got to got to show up today. Uh, excuse me, not today on Sunday. Um, and the, and the linebackers uh, had a down day uh, on Sunday last week against the Cardinals. They need better performances, better tackling performances overall from the yep. defense. But this has to be a day where T.J. Edwards really steps up and um, and, and Kaiser White steps up and, and they do a good job uh, making, you know, good tackles and, and, you know, not giving not keeping the Cowboys off schedule. If they can, you know, limit these first down carries to to a yard or two and, and put them, you know, behind the sticks and, and, and make Cooper Rush. Uh, have to throw the football and you can get your pass rush after him. That's what the Eagles are going to be looking to do in this game. It'll look a lot like what Jim Schwartz 
aim to do to opposing te- uh, offenses than sort of what we've seen from Jonathan Gannon. The Eagles are allowing 5.0 yards per rush so far this year. And of course they got gashed a little bit in, in the week one game against uh, the Lions, which, which skews that a little bit. Uh, but again, like I said, that has not been their, their primary area of focus uh, for game planning purposes defensively this season, but that'll change this week, I believe. And if you are making Cooper rush throw, you know, I was talking uh, again about this with RJ, um, you just have the best group of cornerbacks they've had, obviously on the roster in some time, mm. but specifically going into an Eagles Cowboys matchup. Like, how many Eagles Cowboys matchups where it's like, you know, Cowboys yeah. have an obvious edge at wide receiver? <laughs> That's no longer the case. Right. Like, the Eagles have yeah. the, the, especially if Avante Maddox is back, um, which we'll see. I'm recording this on Friday morning, October 14th. Um, he's been limited in practice, has a chance to return. You have your top three cornerbacks. Like you're like, okay, we can go to bat, we can go to war, you know, with those mm-hmm. guys. And and if Cooper, especially if Cooper, it's Cooper Rush back there, having to kind of carry the team uh, through the air. Like that's a matchup we'll take. We'll, we'll take our chances with that one. So uh, I definitely think that if you are making Cooper Rush throw the ball, <laughs> he's he's going to turn it over at some point, or your pass rush is going to win here at some point. Um, so I, I definitely feel good about that matchup. I think everyone. I think every. No one's really like worried about the Cowboys offense going off. That is not, not the big concern. It's like, can they do enough slash can the defense, you know, really shut down the Eagles? Yeah. They don't have the same firepower. They did uh, at receiver, obviously when they traded uh, Amari Cooper and they lost who, Cedric Wilson. Amari Cooper agency. who hurt the Eagles a lot. Oh, for sure. Yeah. He's had, he had big games against the Eagles. He's played okay so far this year for the Browns, um, but they have CeeDee Lamb. They have a not probably not 100% Michael Gallup who, uh, is back, but is still you know sort of recovering from. Was he? He was ACL, right? Not Achilles. I think he was an yeah. ACL tear yep. last year. And um, the guy who has kind of stepped up for them is Noah Brown, who mm-hmm. is six two, two twenty five, has been a, a sort of a deep backup for them uh, over the last few years, and actually has a lot of time playing with Cooper Rush in practice. So those two guys have rapport and, and he's had a, a good year. So, so far this year. Now, I don't think the Eagles are going to be so, um, they're not going to go really go out of their way. I don't think to make sure that they have Darius Slay matched up as much as possible on CD lamb, like they did uh, against the Vikings. And even when you do sort of prioritize that, they're, they're, you're not going to have that matchup on, on every play. Uh, but, you know, I do think that the best matchup for Slay is probably CD lamb. And then, uh, uh, James Bradbury on Noah Brown, uh, the, the bigger receiver. So uh, we'll see how much that happens. But I think what, what the Eagles will want to do defensively is change things up quite a bit because what Cooper, the way Cooper Rush has to play is with anticipation. He has to make anticipatory Anticip- throws. Anticipatory, I think is right. Yeah. yeah, but anticipatory when you're using it like as an adjective. No, you missed the, <laughs> you missed the bit. You missed the reference. Oh. Uh, Okay. You ever seen the Rocky yeah. Horror Picture Show? Mm, I have. I actually have never seen that. Okay, but you know what it is, right? Yeah, uh-huh. heard of it. Yeah. Well, there's this line uh, from the movie where, um, uh, what's the name? Tim Curry. That's the guy, uh-huh. right? Uh, he goes, "I see you shiver with anticipation." Mm, he, he does okay. a little pause there. It's good. I like <laughs> it. Anyway. So yeah, if you can. Uh, it's, he he doesn't have the benefit. Uh, he's like Matt Barkley was when he was with the Eagles. Oh, your he boy could make antis- could make anticipation. If he couldn't make anticipation throws, he does just does not have the arm strength to make up for it. If his if the timing on on all the routes and him getting the ball out isn't pinpoint, uh, because his arm is just super weak. 
And like he just, if he's late on a throw, then forget it. So I think the Eagles are going to do, uh, I think they're going to pressure the receivers at the line, try to throw off the timing. And I think they're going to throw a lot of different coverages and blitzes and stuff uh, to try to confuse Cooper Rush and get, and just sort of knock off the timing uh, of the Cowboys offense, because I don't think they can survive without that kind of pinpoint timing. What did Matt Barkley tweet at you again? I forget. It's been almost 10 So he didn't now. tweet it. What happened was um, I wrote, it was just practice notes. and. It wasn't like he wasn't even in the headline. It was like the seventh or eighth practice note down. It was just he threw like a lollipop sideline throw. Mm -hmm. And it was like. (laughs) And it just took a long time to get there. Eagles defensive back easily picked it off. And I just said basically what I just said right right now is that if, if he can't make on time anticipation throws he doesn't have the arm strength to sort of survive in the nfl and he's gonna have difficult sticking and he's actually wound up sticking around for a long time as like a number two or number three backup over his career so he proved me wrong on that uh but but i said his arm strength was weak and this was a very very common criticism of matt barkley coming coming through college especially after he had an injury in college his senior year and then you know heading into the league it was a very common criticism and i guess he had had enough of it and he went on reddit eagles reddit and he said something to the effect of shut up jimmy you don't know what the route was on that play and the read and blah 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 blah. uh if you want to see how if you want to see what my arm strength looks like in person, then we can arrange something, blah, 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 blah. So I didn't know if that meant he was challenging me to some sort of like quarterback challenge where we would both try to throw the football and see who was better. Uh, I think he'd probably win that one over me. Or I didn't know if like he meant like, okay, you stand 10 yards away from me and I'll throw my biggest heater that I possibly can right at your face and we'll see if you can catch it or not. So I replied, I said on Twitter, I, I tagged him and I was like, let's do it. <laughs> whatever. I don't know exactly what you have in mind, but I'm up for whatever. And then like before I had even done that, this this all happened in like May or June. I think it was May because it was like OTAs or like a mini camp. So there was nothing going on in the NFL. And that's when these national media outlets are looking for anything to pick up. And at this time, Matt Barkley was not a household name, but certainly a very well-known major college football player uh, coming into the, I think it was a second year with the Eagles, but a very well-known name. And uh, it got picked up nationally. So my name was everywhere about him, uh, you know, having saying that he had a weak arm and that he was challenging some reporter to some kind of unknown whatever. So uh, anyway, that's kind of what happened there. But he he's sort of my comp for Cooper Rush in this game in that he's smart and he can make anticipation throws, but just doesn't have the arm talent to you know be a, a like a real starting you know long time NFL starter obviously what a succinct story you told there <laughs> uh do you do you anticipate Cooper Rush potentially uh, challenging you to a competition <laughs> well hopefully he doesn't listen to this mm. and, well hopefully uh, he does get... I mean come on oh yeah okay I guess get all the listens that we want and also, also <laughs> uh it'd be a big waste of time for him I mean it would be time that he could 
be spending preparing for the Eagles, and instead he's listening to this podcast. But uh, <laughs> uh, we appreciate it. Kuda. Did I drag that story out? Was that was that were you being sarcastic when you said? Uh, of course, yeah. I thought it was like it was like five <laughs> minutes. I was I just wanted like the quick synopsis, but it's fine. Well, you brought it up. What do you want me to do? Well, uh, I wanted I can't... to get to my joke about like <laughs> I thought maybe you could you know get into a thing with him, but it's, uh, it's all right. It's fine. Uh, by the <laughs> way, Martin, Matt Barkley is still in the NFL. Did you know that? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, he's stuck around a long time. He's on the Bills practice squad right now. He's, he's been uh, on like he's been on like seven or eight teams or something like that. He's their third string quarterback behind Josh Allen and Case Keenum. So uh, okay, you know, pretty you know, has a chance to win a ring this year in theory. Sure, not bad. Um, all right, uh, I think that's it. Oh no, 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 no. Let's get into the trenches. I have to get into the trenches. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So the, you know the Cowboys have their starting offensive line of tyler smith the rookie who mm -hmm. has to play because tyron smith uh is probably out for the season or at least uh, most of it uh connor mcgovern at left guard although has kind of been rotating with jason peters who mm -hmm. was weird because late last week it was reported that jason peters like suffered this chest injury and probably wouldn't be able to play against the eagles but jp has been limited in practice this week for dallas and uh seems to and it seems to think he's gonna play we'll see uh, Tyler Biotish at center, who you always it's like to guy. say is my guy, um, <laughs> uh, but is kind of like just a guy at center. Uh, Zach Martin, obviously an all-pro caliber player at right guard. And then Taron Steele, who has gotten better than he was in the past, especially when he was a backup and Brandon Graham has killed him. But I would still say is a gettable right tackle, uh, sure. especially when he's going up against Brandon Graham. Uh, what do you make of that unit? So I think they're in trouble on the left side because – uh, so Tyler Smith has gotten this weird praise for like how, for yeah, how so well he's played. That. I don't get it. I don't. I don't. I don't see what 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 these other people are. So he's given up three sacks. Are you to PFF. telling me a Cowboys yeah. offensive lineman is getting overhyped? <laughs> I think he's had uh, five penalties already too. So penalties were his big thing in college. He gave up. He had like sixteen of them, I think, in his final year in college at Tulsa. Tulsa. So he's playing at a lower level of uh, college football. Um, I don't not to uh, impugn, besmirch the good name of the Tulsa schedule, but he's you know he's playing against guys that aren't going to be in the NFL, and he had 16 penalties in his final year, so you know a lot of technique things for him to clean up. But again, he's given up three sacks according again according to PFF and uh, and and five penalties so far, so he's right on schedule on what you would expect of this player through the first five games of the season, and. He's got a tough matchup coming up in Josh Sweat. Uh, I think this is a game where, where Josh Sweat can capitalize on that. And then at left guard, as you mentioned, uh, it's been McGovern. It's been a mix of it's been a mix of McGovern, Jason Peters, and Matt Farniak. Um, Peters has been by far the best of the three, but sure. they've limited his snaps, and he hasn't really started. He's been sort of the guy coming off the bench, and will get like a series here or there. Open up some big. I forget which game I was watching where he was just opening up, you know, pretty big holes in the run game. Uh, I want to say maybe that was the Commanders game. Uh, whatever. He's been their best guy. If whenever McGovern and and or Farniak are are in there, that's where they're susceptible to. I mean, they he's, they're not opening up anything in the run game, and they're also susceptible to to inside pass rushes. So this is a game where I think a guy like Javon Hargrave could capitalize against those guys. He ate up um, the commander's left guard. Who was that again? Norwell um, ate him up in that game at times. And I think this is another uh, uh, 
uh, advantageous uh, matchup for him as well. So I think the Eagles have the advantage here on uh, on D line versus O line. And you mentioned Terrence Steele, so I always felt like Lyle Collins was one of the more overrated mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> offensive linemen Shout in the league as well. Yeah, he's uh, uh, he he was still better than than Terrence Steele. Terrence Steele's fine. Like I, I think he's he's a, a like a legit starter. But he's certainly not like a plus player. Like you probably look to upgrade on that guy if he can. And uh, as you mentioned, Brandon Graham has had big games against him in the yeah. past. So um, yeah, and 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 be a dish again is just sort of a just sort of a guy as you mentioned. The one really great lineman they have is Zach Martin, mm-hmm. uh, and he's had his battles with Fletcher Cox in the past. Where you know sometimes he gets the best of Fletch, and sometimes Fletch has gotten the better of him. So um, yeah, this this is a matchup that that I think heavily favors the Eagles. Terrence Steele also has four penalties this year, um, right behind. Oh, does he? I didn't yeah, see that. Okay. Um, Tyler Smith's five. So another kind of maybe an issue there, or maybe it's just like the classic case of the Cowboys holding a lot and knowing they'll get away with it because that feels like that always happens, <laughs> right. especially in big games. Um, more than any it's like other the Eagles team. with their illegal man downfield stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes. Um, uh, also I'm looking here through the PFF, uh, PFF grading, um, take it for what it's worth, but Tyler Smith ranked, um, he is 60th out of 76 tackles, minimum 20% of snaps. So yeah, certainly not like lighting the world on fire. Um, at least by one metric, like everyone seems to be indicating that he is and oh, wow, mm. that boys did it again. Um, Tyler Biotis, I think could have a tough time against Jordan Davis from a standpoint of just being like worn down. I think that's something that's been talked a lot coming out of the Cardinals game, just how much like the Cardinals center looked worn down as the yeah. course of the game. Because it's just you have this gigantic man just like leaning on you all game long. And it's just like that's something that's going to tire you out, especially when Jordan Davis is a player who uh, wears the offensive line is to play the entire game. Like Davis is just like rotating in and giving you like high, in theory, at least ideally, like high quality, high effort snaps and a lower dosage. Um, so uh, that's something to watch for. And I think something that could be working in the Eagles favor. And again, specifically against the run, just like Jordan Davis's ability to potentially get the Cowboys off schedule yeah. is huge. Like it's not going to show up in the box score. Like he might not even have, uh, he might have like two, one tackle, two tackles, no mm-hmm. sacks, whatever, but like just his ability to constantly knock the Cowboys back. Like that makes the, this is like the Jordan Davis makes a huge game impact. for him yeah then the box score yeah. and like this is why this is like why you draft jordan davis this is this is the exact situation for like or for or one of them not the only one but like exactly why it's worth to do it just the ability to kind of knock a team back and then you know kind of just take over from there um good chance he plays the most snaps of uh the, the, he might he may play more snaps in this game than in any other game so far sure I think. And he, and he should because he's been getting better too. Like he's earned the more playing time with how he's mm-hmm. playing. He's he's being he should be trusted more to be on the field. Even in situations, I would say where like I know they're only playing him in like you know uh, the five man fronts. Really, mm-hmm. they're not interested in letting him rush the passer as much. But maybe like he's kind of earned that a little bit. You know, you kind of give him mix him in there too. Let's see what he has when he can just you know attack the quarterback in certain situations. Because why not? He's talented. He's looking good. And he's earning that playing time. All right. Anything else on the Cowboys offense? No, I think we can move on to the other side. Well, let's take a break here and hear briefly from me about Righteous Felon Craft Jerky. You go to RighteousFelon.com. Use discount code BGN15 for 15% off your order. Everyone wins here. It's a win for you as the consumer getting a great product which uh, the Philadelphia Eagles themselves snack on. So it is Eagles approved. 
Um, you can help support your favorite Eagles podcast. Help us keep the lights on here. It's a free podcast. Um, so if you want to help support, that's the way to do it. Um, and you're helping support a local business. So everyone wins. There's Everyone wins when you go to RightToSellin.com and use discount code BGN15 for 15% off your order. Jimmy. Back after this. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, trust Atlassian software for everything from space exploration and green energy to delivering pizzas and podcasts. Whether you're a team of two, 200 or 2 million, or whether your team is around the corner or on another continent altogether, Atlassian Software is built to help keep you all on the same page from start to finish. That way, every one of your teams, from engineering and IT to marketing, HR and legal, can stay connected and move together as one towards shared company-wide goals. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Back here on BGN Radio, it's time to flip over to the most anticipated matchup here in terms of the Eagles offense going up against the 1985 Bears. Oh, sorry. No, I mean the <laughs> Dallas Cowboys defense. <laughs> yeah, uh, Demarcus Lawrence seems to think very highly of uh, of himself in the in the Cowboys defense. Got the uh, trash talk going. There hasn't been any uh, any retorts yet from uh, from uh, Eagles players. They'll certainly be asked about that uh, in the locker room today. There will no doubt be some Eagles reporters saying, hey, did you hear about Demarcus Lawrence? What do you have to say about that? <laughs> see if they and for those a... who didn't see it, just to uh, explain the Demarcus Lawrence comments, yeah. basically the gist of it was he was being asked about Jalen Hurts a lot. And like, and 
noteworthy to me because usually when a player is asked about opponent, they they gas him up. They're like, you know, that guy's yeah, doing yeah, good. Sure. Like we look, it's yeah. a good challenge. We we're confident in ourselves, but like we we know he's doing really good. We have all the respect in the world for them. Um, but that is not what Demarcus Lawrence did, and that's not a shock because he's talked trash in the past. Um, when Carson Wentz signed his extension, he had a tweet. Um, uh, there's been other when Doug Peterson basically guaranteed the Eagles were going to win in Dallas, and then they didn't. Uh, he had something to say about that. He said like Doug should like shut his ass up and stay on the sideline or something. <laughs> it's like the exact quote. So it's not uncharacteristic of him to chirp. I yeah. did say this to RJ. Like I felt bitter, better about not bitter, better about the Eagles' chances of winning when I saw him chirp. I feel like that's a bad move for him. Agreed. To have boys. Yeah, it was unprompted. Yeah, he said uh, what he actually said was, um, "Has he played the about Hertz? Has he played the Cowboys yet? No. Oh, I don't so know if he's good then. yet. Then it doesn't count. Like his, his his good play against these other teams is is meaningless until he does something against us. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're playing well. I mean, Mark Michael Parsons is if he's not the the best defensive player in the NFL at this point, he's certainly top three. Um, He's 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 got six sacks coming off a rookie season in which he had thirteen. Mm. Uh, not even as a full time pass rusher, by the way, he does so many so many different things from playing linebacker, playing coverage, uh, playing against the run, getting after the quarterback, and his big thing is speed. We're talking about a guy that's four three six. So there are some times where he's the fastest player on the field. Offense or defense, and he's a pass rusher, which is just crazy to me. And at like six three two forty something, probably crazy that this guy is sometimes the fastest player on the field. So you know they got to know where he is on every single play and account for him. Demarcus Lawrence is playing well. He's had some very disappointing seasons uh, since he got a huge contract extension. Um, that extension has kind of bit the Cowboys a little bit because he has not he has not produced to the level of that contract, but he's playing well this year. And then Durance Armstrong is sort of an under-the-radar guy yeah. who had a monster game uh, week five against the Rams. Uh, he's playing well as well. So they have three guys that can come off the edge. Osa Odigizua is another guy who's a good pass rusher from the interior. That's the guy that I'd be worried about uh, on the interior from a pass rush perspective, maybe not so much from a run-stopping perspective. But they can get after the quarterback, clearly. You look at who they've played so far this year, though, and they've played some horrendous offensive lines. So you have Tampa Week 1, which has been a good offensive line, but they lose Ryan Jensen for the season. Their interior line has been really banged up. Donovan uh, Smith also got Donovan, hurt in that game. Donovan Smith, yep. Um, so they had advantages there in that game. They play week two. Who did they play week two? The Bengals, who had like this, right. this, they had a disastrous yes. offensive line performance Famous, in week one. Famously yeah. bad offensive line. Yeah. Uh, the, the commanders were in there. The giants are in there. Commanders offensive line has been atrocious all year. Yep. Giants offensive line getting better, but, but still ways great. to go there. Yeah. And then the Rams, which their offensive line is arguably, like bottom five in the NFL. Yeah, arguably the worst. Yeah. So, uh, they have not played where, you know, you can make the same argument for DeMarcus Lawrence. Have they played? Have has he played the Eagles offensive line? <laughs> well, no, it doesn't matter. I don't know if they're good yet then. So, <laughs> <laughs> so they, you know, but but the, offense, the Eagles' offensive line is is by far uh, the best line that they will have faced this year. The question is, how healthy are they? Jordan Mailata didn't play last week, of course. He's he was limited, in, so every the Eagles had full participation in practice on Thursday. Everyone on the team, everyone on the fifty-three man roster, practiced on Thursday in some capacity. Yes, but four of their offensive line starters were limited, so. 
Hmm. Basically everybody except Lane Johnson. Um, I think that it's, you know, Dickerson, Kelsey, and Sayomalo are going to play. I think that's, you know, I think that's, we can, you know, kind of make that. Probably. Leap. It's just a question, I think, with Dickerson, you know, how long is he going to last in the game? He's had to miss snaps in yeah. two out of the five games so far, like significant snaps. So we'll see on that one. And then my lot, I'd be surprised if he didn't play. Right. Um, I, I, think, I think I think he'll he'll play. I think that he was and, doubtful and, last week was a good sign of his chances for playing this. Week. They originally ruled him doubtful last week and then downgraded him to out. But I think that's like a sign that he's going to be good for this week. And they may get Dillard back. I don't think they've been. They were right. asked about Dillard this week because the focus has been more on is my lot going to play where we didn't think he was going to play last week. Um, yeah. What was because what's he, the point too of activating Dillard's window? Like they don't have to. I'm saying they, like, they they can wait until Saturday. But I'm saying like you know why would they have done it when they did if to not activate him for this game because like if they don't activate him for this game they would activate him during the buy like what's the point of that you know what I mean yeah 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 so, so the, the, I, I would I would guess he'll be up like they'll 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 activate him to the 53 man roster because he they did activate what was it last Tuesday yeah so it's 21 so, days so that if you don't do it this week you'd have to do it during the buy so it's what 10 days ago they did it. Yeah, yeah, ten days yeah. ago. So the the thinking with him was it wasn't so much that he's hurt anymore. It was he had to get back into quote unquote football shape. Yeah, which ten days should be good enough for him to you know do that. So I would imagine he'll be up. The Eagles should be at full strength. I would think along their offensive line, but by far and away, Eagles offensive line versus the Cowboys defensive line is the premier matchup in this game. Yeah, and it's not just Parsons, like you mentioned. Like Parsons obviously leads the way with six sacks. He's seven tackles for loss, too. Just kind of, you know, mm-hmm. crazy numbers. He's a forced fumble in there, too. But Dorrance Armstrong, who you mentioned, has four sacks. He has three tackles for loss. Marcus Lawrence, we, again, you mentioned him having a good season um, in terms of actual production. Leads the team in – leads the defensive lineman, at least, uh, in tackles. Uh, and then three sacks, four tackles for loss. And then Dante Fowler. Uh, junior. Oh, I, for, I, I, to- I completely forgot about him. <laughs> yes, he's been you know a rotational player for them. Again, two sacks, three tackles for loss. So yeah. really, like they're deep there. Uh, and each of uh, Parsons, Armstrong, and Fowler also have one forced fumble each. So um, yeah, it's a good group. It's not just about Parsons. I think Parsons gets all the attention. But if you're going to give him that extra attention, the other guys are certainly, in theory, capable of making plays. Although, as you highlighted, they have not gone against the Eagles offensive line, so it doesn't mm-hmm. it doesn't count at all. Um. Uh, anything else there? Uh, along the lines, or yeah. no? I think I think it's just, that's just the Eagles. First of all, Lane Johnson hasn't given up a sack since 2020. So, so while that streak is in jeopardy against this group, mm-hmm. and he has given he like I think Demarcus Lawrence got him in like, 2020. Actually, was, I think it was the first time ever. Right? Remember? Like, uh, yeah. Demarcus so Lawrence it was, it was done Lawrence nothing is, against him. <laughs> Yeah, I think it was Lawrence's first sack against the Eagles, much less yeah. just Lane Johnson. Uh, and I think it was a, I think it was a sack fumble too. On yeah. surprise, surprise, on Wentz. Carson Wentz. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, Lane hasn't given up a sack since 2020, so they're getting stellar play out of him as usual. I would imagine they'll put Parsons up against Mylotta because if there is something Mylotta does struggle with, as Jewelson can attest to, it's, yeah, it's speed. It's it, I mean, he, you're not going to run through him. That guy's a brick wall, but he is. And for how athletic and he for as athletic as he is for his size, you know, if you got, you're talking about a guy with four three six speed, <laughs> you know, that guy can get the edge on Jordan Mylotta. So when he's on that side, I think they have to give him a little extra help. 
uh, make sure that he is getting out to the edge and give him either help inside uh, or outside with a running back or a tight end. So um, yeah, that, that you just got to know where Michael Parsons is and can't allow him to, to the, the Eagles biggest thing in this game is they can't have the, just the killer turnover that, that gets returned for a touchdown, whether that's on a sack fumble or a pressure that leads to a bad throw and Trayvon Diggs brings it back. Uh, they, they just have to make sure that they know where Michael Parsons is at all time and can't allow him to wreck the game. Do you know who the, uh, Micah Parsons killer is? I don't, uh, this, I remember when Kenny Gainwell got drafted. Oh, uh, right. Memphis. Clip yeah. him just absolutely like lighting <laughs> him up on a chip. So, uh, yes. there you go. Eagles, maybe, uh, you know, there you, you have your, your Micah Parsons stop right there. It was a bowl Kenny. game, right? Uh, yeah, I, I guess. I don't know. Is is Memphis versus Penn state. Um, yeah. and I'm, I'm watching it now and yeah, he just freaking lights them up. So, uh, maybe, maybe there you go. <laughs> Kenny Gainwell knows how to shut down Micah Parsons. Um, uh, elsewhere on defense, I would say, uh, the, the biggest player that kind of concerns me, other than Parsons, obviously, it's kind of a chalk pick, is Trayvon Diggs. Yeah. And, I mean, I guess that's kind of chalk, too. <laughs> he had a ton of interceptions last year. But I think <laughs> yeah. I think he's kind of an X-factor, and he can swing one of two ways. I sure. think, like, Trayvon Diggs can win the game for them. I also think he can very much lose the game for them. I think there's a chance yeah. that A.J. Brown or Devontae, whoever he's, he's on, uh, I, I think he's going to be matching up against A.J. a decent amount can mm-hmm. have the either of those guys has the potential to sun him and like you know come up with some mm-hmm. like big like i could see aj brown having like a big boy catch on him and this kind of mossing him and by the way i think this is going to be a big aj brown game i think that his usage in arizona was really weird last week yep and i think they're going to be very conscious conscientious if that's the word of close uh, enough conscientious 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 there we go uh, I'm smart. I, you know, write and talk for a living. I know words. Um, <laughs> I, I think they're going to be making an effort to get the ball to him. And I think, and I think they should be, especially because when the offense kind of went dry a little bit, it's like, you know, maybe we should go back to your, again. Your it's best kind of a good here. player. So yeah. not a bad idea. <laughs> over, don't overthink it. Uh, so I think he's going to have a big game. And I mentioned this on the mixtape episode, the live one we did. So sorry if you already heard this and I'm repeating myself. But uh, at, avoid the Noid, the Noid, who has done some good BGN fan posts in the past. If I, if I'm not mistaken, uh, if I'm not mistaking this person's identity, mentioned that on the Eagles like game day rundown in terms of like they send out the schedule, I guess, to the people with, the, with tickets to the game. In terms of like, these are when the parking lot gates open. This is when the stadium gates open. One of the things on there at eight nineteen, right before the eight twenty kickoff, is a like quote unquote special live pregame performance. And I was like, hmm, what could that be? And I think as the Noid speculated, maybe it's like the Batman signal thing. Maybe they're going to do that either on the field or in the sky somehow because of, you know, all the like they're going to, you know, like, you know, like in Batman where they put the the symbol up uh, in the sky. Right. Are they going to do that? Oh, I'm I'm speculating. I don't know, but I'm I'm thinking maybe (laughs) they'll do something surrounding that or have it on the field. And I don't know. I just feel like that's giving me the vibes of a big A.J. Brown game. Uh, and, and this is why you get him, right? This is why you trade for AJ Brown, like to like to show up in the big moments and to kind of you know make big plays against your top division rival. And it's kind of not that he's been like you know bad or by any means or super quiet, but he hasn't had like that monster game since week one, really. And I think it's time for another monster AJ Brown game. I think he could have a big game in this one. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna call my shot and say it's a big game for him. Do you know who? Do you know what the Noid is? You're you're younger than me. Yeah. Um 
wasn't it was it little caesars it was Domino's. Domino's. Okay. I knew it was a chain. That was their mascot. Yeah. Was the Noid, and it was. And he didn't like Domino's, were, right? Yeah, it was avoid the Noid. The Noid was like the bad guy, hmm. and so you know why? You know why the Noid went away? Why the the Noid disappeared? He, the Noid would probably still be. I think actually they brought the Noid back uh, fairly recently, hmm. but there was uh, a guy whose last name was Noid. Oh, that's right. Yes, thought I heard about that this on these, Doughboys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he thought that the commercials were aimed at him. You know, he was like, he was, I mean, he had uh, some, you know, he was mentally disabled. Um, and he thought these commercials were aimed at him and he mm. took hostages. And I don't know if he killed somebody or not, but he took hostages because he thought oh that these gosh. Domino's commercials were aimed at him. And the and Domino's basically, be, as a result of this incident, they scrapped the Noid, <laughs> like yes. that whole marketing campaign. And he is the Noid has since come. This is like in the late eighties, early nineties, something like that. And the Noid has apparently since come back. But yeah, the Noid was so like uh, think like the Geico Gecko. How often you see that guy on TV? Like that's how often you saw the Noid on TV on your on commercials in like the late eighties, early nineties. He was everywhere. This Noid character. So this Noid guy. <laughs> seeing these commercials anytime he was watching TV. Yeah. And he thought they were targeting him. Um, so that's your response to my AJ Brown thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, you said avoid the Noid. Um, here's what I'll say about Trayvon Diggs. I just avoid him. <laughs> like, because mm. as you mentioned, he's such a big play threat, but you can also get big plays on him. 11 picks last year, two so far this year. I just you have so many weapons on offense in AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard. The the Cowboys don't have much other than Trayvon Diggs on the back end. Mm-hmm. Their safeties are, are okay, but there are two other quarters, Anthony Brown and um uh the kid from Michigan. Jordan Lewis. Name, Jordan Lewis. Um they can be had. So like I'd just be more content to target Anthony Brown and Jordan Lewis. Uh, in a game where I feel like the Cowboys are, or excuse me, the Eagles are the better team. So if if I'm if I'm the Eagles and I'm not, I feel like I'm not as talented as the Cowboys. Yeah, maybe I'm targeting Trayvon Diggs because I know I can get a big play there. But if I think I'm better and I can just play ball control offense and win this game, maybe I'm just going to stay away from Trayvon Diggs and attack these other guys and, and hammer the run. Because um, you don't want to have a game turned on a huge play by Trayvon Diggs right. that you know that you could have avoided just by avoiding him. That's a good point. Uh, I do think to another point here, shifting to another topic entirely, Jalen Hurts' mobility is a big factor in this game. Mm-hmm. Cowboys have not had to deal with running quarterbacks this year outside of Danny Dimes, who I believe had seven or like nine for 79 in the oh, Giants-Cowboys okay. game. He had a big game on the ground. And, you know, Daniel Jones is a, is a pretty good runner, um, but Jalen Hurts is a a better, a better runner than him, <laughs> yes. a more talented runner than him. And yeah. we haven't seen a big Jalen Hurts mobile game in a while, and I'm sure that's in part due to what defenses are trying to do to him and limit him in that regard. Um, so I do think, and especially because the Cowboys aren't known for blitzing a lot, as much as certainly like the Cardinals and other teams, but more of like a stunting kind of uh, defense that they run up front. And that has the potential you know, to cause issues for... Um, uh, their defense in terms of like, you know, providing rush lanes and everything. So I definitely think that's something to watch for. I think Hertz could be a factor on the ground more so than we've seen recently. 
Uh, so mm-hmm. I definitely, I, I like that as a matchup for the Eagles. Uh, I did want to mention, um, because I've been bad about reading the Apple podcast reviews and this, what you said reminded me I, I, and why I had little Caesars in my brain. Uh, Joe's lunch in the Apple podcast reviews, leave a five-star rating and review and we'll read it at some point. Added an, an addendum to his previous review. Jimmy, you may uh, recall us talking about the like elite quarterback versus you know stack roster kind of debate that we had. Uh-huh. Um, well, the addition he added to his old review was this podcast feed remains fantastic. New question aimed largely at BLG. I've seen quite a few Little Caesars commercials this weekend, and an Eagles fan is featured prominently in them. How would you recommend we uh, uh, Eagles fans react to that? And then there, he has like three questions off of that. Number one, who would eat that crap? There are 15 real pizzerias within a five-mile radius. Number two, isn't it nice that people far and wide without access to good pizza are Eagles fans? That's a really good point. I do I do agree with that one. Uh, number three, I only eat the finest in craft turkeys, and I need advice on how to buy slash sell slash or rent a home, which is really convenient for him. Uh, also, thanks for hearing my previous response. Uh, so... First of all, I have to defend Little Caesars here a little bit because I think it's good for what it's trying to do. Little Caesars is very, not a sponsor, by the way, but they have very cheap pizza. And also you can get it fast in terms of like they have the hot and ready. Hot and ready pizza, I think it's only like five bucks there. You can get a pepperoni pizza and just walk in, get one for five bucks quick. Like that's, there's a, there's a, a market for that. You know, like that, that is helping certain people. Like that's, there's a good, um, that's, that's a good value um is it the best pizza in my life no not at all although they do have this thing that's new jimmy called the, the fanceroni pepperoni and it's a pizza i've with seen like, commercials for that yeah it's a ton of pepperoni on there and it's like the the kind that people a lot of people like too like the crispy kind the one that like cups yeah. up not just like the regular um, they so show I, that in the commercial right exactly so that one is really good <laughs> i have to say and that one's like 10 bucks i had that a couple weeks ago that one's really good um would be a good one to split on a game day with some friends uh so i will defend that but everything has a place. I think, you know, Chain Pizza has a place. And I think, obviously, all the really good pizza places in Philly and mm-hmm. elsewhere. I'll just, you know, throw Angelo's out there. Um, Pizzata Pizzeria is really good. Um, uh, Square Pie in Queen Village is really good. Nomad. Uh, Stella Pizzeria. Like, there's a lot of good pizza places out there. I like them all. Everything has a place. Uh, you don't always want to get the most expensive thing or the most maybe inconvenient thing. Sometimes convenience is a factor. So I will defend little C's in that regard. Um, okay. Yeah. yeah and for and, me, I like, I'm a, I like, I'll throw in a Domino's every now and again. Sure. Absolutely. I haven't had little Caesars in ages. I, I haven't had, like, there used to be a little Caesars within a Kmart in Marlton when I was a little kid. <laughs> I don't think I've had little Caesars since, but yeah, Domino's, they have like this thin crust pizza, which isn't a pizza so much. It's more like a snack, but it's delicious. It is good. Uh, they have thin crust. You're right. Their sides are all good too. Like their cheesy bread is ridiculous. I am so glad you said that, Jimmy. I was just about to say that. Okay, and then they also had this. It's called a marble brownie. Yeah, it's something like another. Um, it's like a it comes in a pizza box kind of mix in terms of like there's cookie and brownie. Yeah. Yes, it's a brookie. those are great. Some call it a brookie, a brownie cookie. Yeah, combo. I didn't even know that was a thing, but mm-hmm. yeah, okay, but yeah, they're, they're, those are great too. So yeah, yeah, like like you named all your pizza in Marlton. I, you know. I'll, I'll normally have my Johnny Longhots or my Organico pizza or my Casa Nostra, sure. but I'll throw in a Domino's every now and again, especially with my daughter. My daughter like is is yeah, uh, is, is a big Domino's fan. Yeah, 
there i will agree with you honestly i'm not i was never even the biggest domino's guy and by the way if you want to get in on this uh pizza <laughs> pizza conversation tweet <laughs> us at brandon gowton and at jimmy kemps give us like a ranking of your top places i want to see what people think is the best because some people stand for papa john's and that's really terrible been a winner for me <laughs> i mean I, I would always eat it when like the eagles will have it at their uh you know in in the media house because it's yeah. there and it's it was free sure i'll eat it but i don't, i'm not i'm not going to go out of my way to pay for it most times um but Domino's, i i think their jalapeno bacon cheesy bread like that's better than almost anything on the entire menu there like even better okay. than their i almost want to just get that like i think it's better than their pizza because i think where fast food pizza is missed for me sometimes is the with the sauce the sauce is not like it's too like fake it's too yeah i get it yeah it's just not you can tell like this is not uh like up to, to snuff they're with, making it in extreme mass quantities and shipping right. it all over the country and world and that's where it's, <laughs> it's suffering as opposed to like the bread yeah. and the cheese like i think hold up well enough like the, the sauce kind of suffers for me so you when you eliminate that i think it's a real winner still uh so that i really love their cheesy bread also their pasta is like so shockingly good to mm-hmm. me like i i got their pasta um and i was like at very low expectations like this can't be good and i was like wow this is like surprisingly pretty good for being Domino's pasta. So uh, again, not sponsors at all, but enjoy the free advertising <laughs> we gave you. I was, it was generated by a listener question. Um, uh, why don't we flip Jimmy? Do you have anything else on this, this side of the ball or do, are you ready to get into the picks? Now we can go to picks. I think. All right. Well, why don't you tell us before about picks uh, before the picks are made about Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors and Roach Realtors.com. Yeah. What did she say? 24 to 14. So that was her Eagles yeah. pick. Uh, she has them covering the spread. Uh, you can cover the spread by calling Kristen Roach, whatever that means, <laughs> at 856-906-9295. Again, 856-906-9295 if you are looking to buy or sell your home. Brandon? Back after this. Kristen Roach of Roach Real Tours, Roach Real Tours, Roach Real Tours. Kristen Roach of Roach Real Tours. She's the greatest. 856-906-9295. Back here on BGN Radio, it's time to make our NFL picks against the spread. But not before, of course, I tease the Eagles same game parlay that we'll have through DraftKings. I've not formulated yet because I've not seen all of the props, although I think I'm aiming for something like I'm gonna I think I'm gonna do uh Eagles minus six and a half. Can't be a coward. Uh, I'm gonna do like probably a Jalen Hurts anytime rushing touchdown because that feels like a pretty good. It's six bet. and a half. It's up to six and a half now. Oh yeah. By the way, spoiler. Alert. Oh wow. Um, I guess that's because they know Cooper Rush is is starting. Right. Uh, Jalen Hurts anytime rushing touchdown because I feel like that's a good bet. And then probably maybe AJ Brown touchdown too anytime. Well, yeah. Uh, like I don't want to do two anytime. So anytime Jalen. Kristen Hurts- Roach said he he was going to score the first touchdown, so you kind of have to go with that, right? <sighs> AJ Brown first touchdown scorer. Hmm. I don't know. I don't have it set well, up. No, yet. no, no. I'm saying you were debating t- touchdown at all. Yeah, Kristen Rhodes is saying scorer. first touchdown of the game. 
So that's f- like you're okay. covered. He's gonna, definitely going to have at least there. one at some point during the game. If we'll she see. Says I don't. It's not finalized yet, but you can check out when it is on the <laughs> Bleeding Green Nation Twitter at Bleeding Green and Bleeding Green Nation Instagram. We'll post a story on there at Bleeding Green Insta when it goes live on game day um, every week this season. We'll be cooking up our own same game BGN uh, Eagles parlay that our good friends at DraftKings will put right on their homepage for all of you, the BGN radio listeners, to follow. Uh, so again, stay tuned for that when it goes up. I also put it in my uh, usually uh, NFL picks against the spread column that I put out on Sunday morning on game days. So it's also in there, uh, the graphic for that. Um, be sure to check out our socials for that. And each week, DraftKings has new offers and great ways to make your Sunday more fun. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Okay, Jimmy, it's yes. time to get into our picks. Let me set the record for you uh, before we get into those i keep track of that weekly and i am now 11 and 11 i think i went like four and one last week i think or three and two sorry you went four and one you are 10 and two against the spread now so getting closer still under 500 for you but we're getting closer there uh we are both four and one when it comes to picking the eagles straight up Mm -hmm. let's start this week as we usually do before we do, should oh. we talk about that uh, Commanders Bears game? We can, true, <laughs> because because it's NFC East. Oh, what's they played on Thursday night? Did you watch the whole game? I watched the second half. I was doing the live show with RJ in the first half. Good lord, <laughs> it was actually enjoyable for how bad it was. But Carson Wentz was—I uh, just pulled it up here. I know he had twenty-two pass attempts and he had ninety-nine yards. Uh, so he was twelve of twenty-two for ninety-nine. They got outgained. 392 to 214. The Bears had three separate first and goal opportunities, zero points out of those, <laughs> including the final drive of the game where uh, Darnell Mooney could have won the game if he just caught the ball, but he didn't and they lost. Um, but yeah, it, this was a game where, and, and the, the commanders got their points. They got a touchdown uh, late in the game because of a Velas Jones muffed punt. Yeah, he just slipped uh, as he was trying Britton to Britton Covey it. is not the worst punt returner in the NFL. That guy had a rough night. Even before the muff punt, he was just letting balls hit the ground and roll mm. uh, all game long. Uh, but that was one of the worst games I've seen in a long time. But it was so bad that it was actually kind of enjoyable. The commanders are, like, awful. And I think for the rest of Did the year— Did you want to say another word there? <laughs> I heard <laughs> no, a d- I just kind of okay. my my little mouth malfunction. <laughs> I heard a dog. Okay, <laughs> okay, that I was going a uh, little, little DS. Yeah, I uh, was not. I was I was going awful. But we 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 can go DS too. That's fine. Um, I think for the rest of the year, like you know, you and I both do these rooting guides every every week. Yeah, man, root for that team to win because <laughs> because the more they win and wreck their draft position. Uh, the better it is, and, and uh, also the Carson Wentz element of it all. Like it's it's less likely they'll bench him before he gets to that seventy percent threshold where they have to owe yes. the Colts a second instead of a third. And it's better if he's still playing, still playing quarterback when they come to Philadelphia in Week Ten. Well, if they course. had put in Taylor Heineke in that game last last night, I think they win that game easily. Like he would have given them a spark, and they would have they would have scored more points than they mm-hmm. did. Um, anyway. Uh, we don't need to get into a whole. Call. We actually we should mention there's sort of news uh, with Carson Wentz because this like great report by 
uh, ESPN. It was Don Van Natta. Seth Wickersham. Uh, uh, yeah, and then uh, a woman, too, whose name is escaping me. My apologies to her. A woman, they put too. Out a, Jimmy <laughs> they put out a great report I'll find uh, on, on Dan Snyder and how he basically is threatening, uh, not maybe not outwardly threatening, but there's this notion that he's spoken with people close to him that I have dirt on Roger Goodell and all these other owners and they can't kick me out of the league. And the league would desperately like love to have him not be the owner of the commanders anymore. Well, They'd Al love Michael for him to sell the team. On the he broadcast. didn't send it to the telecast. Yeah. I was like, I remember into the, like the third quarter, I'm thinking, how have they not addressed this at all yet? And then when they addressed it, boom, Al Michaels went like, Al Michaels was like, really kind of hammered him for for uh yeah. all the stuff that you know, all the reports about him with the sexual misconduct like the 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 basically franchise wide sexual misconduct uh his own alleged personal uh you know sexual misconduct um just the the pattern of of abuse within that organization uh and then of course you know the idea that he has dirt on on other owners and the commissioner and that the the, the the league's other owners want him out the guy michael said that during it's crazy that he said that during the game which was awesome uh good for him for for you know having a set of balls on him to, to say that in a nationally televised uh game uh but anyway yeah it's uh it, it's it's just you know exhibit 439 of why that probably i'm actually underselling on that of why that organization is just pure trash and one of the worst sports franchises in America, like, is there a worse, is there a worse franchise in, in, in the four major sports? I mean, you know, people will say like the, the Knicks, Knicks, you could maybe Knicks make an argument there. a little while back. What's that? Um, the, the Knicks. I'm, yeah. I said the Knicks people will argue that. I think that's a terrible argument. I think like the, like they don't hold a candle to Dan yeah, Snyder. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Madison Square Garden is an amazing venue, right? It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The best places to watch basketball. Um, Tisha, Tisha, Tisha Thompson, by the way, was the That's other it. writer you were looking for there. Thank you. Um, in addition to uh, John Mastro Berardino and John Kime, who also contributed <laughs> John to Kime, that report. Yeah, the, yeah. Yeah. Uh, just wanted to give everyone credit there. Um, I mean, stats, my good friend, stats, Rob Guerrero, who I host the look ahead with, which I'll be record, who I will be recording with in a, a couple hours here after this record, um, where we preview not only Eagles Cowboys, but every game for the SB Nation NFL show, uh, made a good point to RJ and I in Slack last night where he probably, he was like, that doesn't get mentioned by Al Michaels unless like, maybe there's like an agenda there. Like someone wanted him to mention that. And also yeah. you can't discount how Jeff Bezos, who obviously <laughs> owns Amazon, runs Amazon. Yeah is, you know, Al Michaels is saying it on an Amazon broadcast when Jeff Bezos has been rumored about <laughs> buying an NFL team, specifically mm. Washington Manners in the past. So maybe okay. not a total accident there that that is getting said uh, and not totally unconnected to all that. It's just speculation, but certainly uh, would be bad news for the Eagles if Jeff, Jeff Bezos bought, bought the Commanders and Cider was yeah, not the I, I, anymore. Yeah, I agree with that. Not that I'm saying, like, Bezos definitely knows what he's doing, but literally anyone is an upgrade on Snyder. And at the very least, you know, Bezos is freaking loaded. So at the very least, yeah. he would throw a ton of money at everything. Um, and that not that money. There, there's always... a sa- yeah, there's a salary cap, but there are certain things that, you know, well, yeah, super up- rich owners can do that other. Yeah, 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 yeah that, that others can't. And even, even salary cap wise, like just paying, uh, sure. you know, large sums of money, like paying bonus money, uh, you know, being able to kick the can down the road and stuff like that. Some franchise 
are unwilling to do that, mm-hmm. he certainly would be. Well, and like coaching staff too, there's no limit for in front office members. There's no cap for that stuff. And he could, you know, throw again, crazy money at that. So certainly, yeah, it would be not a good development for the Eagles. If that happens, I, I think Siren probably is a point though, even not, <laughs> I mean, as, as not great as it is for the health of that organization to say, uh, maybe even the NFL at large, he probably does have dirt on other owners in the league. So um, I don't know that they're really going to be able to exile him. And also if you're other owners, like why would you want to exile him? I know he's like kind of created problems, but he also is an owner that's bad and gives you a competitive advantage because you're going to play that. Team. Yeah. Especially like owners in the NFC East. Like why, why do yeah. they want Dan Snyder gone? Like, no, please stay. <laughs> right. um, or, and then just, also he kind of, he's kind of like a shield too, where yes. like, you can mess up in a yes. big way as an NFL owner and go, okay, but it still is like not even close to what he's done. Right. <laughs> you know? so, so there's that. I don't think they can kick him out. I think it would have to be like they kind of – it would be like they, I don't know, get Jeff Bezos to throw some crazy money at him and be like you – know, basically give him a godfather offer in terms of money and being like, hey – you have to go and here's a ton of money which would be unfortunate but i think it would have to look like that for him to be gone i mean denver just sold for an absurd amount of money to the walmart family so uh there were some eagles nuggets within that piece too um first there was carson wentz which isn't an eagles nugget anymore but basically the the crux of that was it was uh dan snyder uh, directed trade that they made which when, when you read that you go okay all right that makes sense because the package of picks they gave up for him was just absurd. <laughs> and the idea was that it wasn't like their football people just disagreed with that trade. And Ron Rivera got asked about it, of course, after the game and he got mad and he walked off. He walked out of the press conference. Did you see that? I did. <laughs> so he was cursing. So that's cursing up a storm. <laughs> yeah. There's some F bombs in there and he just walked off and that's not him. Like that's, that's not like sort of his MO to, you know, blow up in a, in an, and it's weird that that has been the one thing that they've really defended against from that report of all the bad, like disparaging, damaging things in that report. <laughs> they objected to the idea that Dan Snyder uh, was the one who directed the trade for, for Carson Wentz, which I think pretty clearly seems like it's true <laughs> because. Yeah, but I think there is some like, you know, oh, it was the coaching staff who wanted Rager to that as well in terms of like the people. You know, there's a little blame shiftiness to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then the other Eagles nugget that I thought was funny was, uh, first of all, there were Eagles. I didn't know this happened at, at the Commanders game at FedEx, but there are Eagles fans that like wrap themselves in in caution tape. Yeah. <laughs> and they the the Commander security sent somebody to go confiscate it. <laughs> Which is hilarious to me. Hey, you can't make fun of our stadium with a caution tape. You give us that caution tape, you jerks. And then also, the Eagles sent. I guess this would be Dom DeSandro. The Eagles. yeah, there was there was pictures of this when. Uh, oh, was there? Yeah, you missed it after that. the game. He but, was yeah. holding up the gate that fell last he was. year. So like you know how Jalen Hurts went through went went back into the locker room. You know how like crazy. That's hilarious. They've done videos of Jalen Hurts like kind of like running into the locker room each week. Jalen Hurts does like, yeah. this little thing where he like walks slowly to the tunnel <laughs> and then he sees all the fans who are getting excited to see him and then he like kind of like you know does like a little jump and like let's go you know kind of like gets yeah, riled yeah. up. And yeah, while he was doing that, you can see Big Dom uh, holding the gate. <laughs> and then there was the note that you it's fantastic. tweeted out like that the commanders were like kind of 
the sense was the commanders were, were not like distraught that Eagles fans were taking over as much as they were like, oh, nice. Yeah, full. <laughs> we sold tickets. Yeah, so we sold Boom. tickets. <laughs> All right. That's enough about the commanders, I think. Um, they're, I agree that it's, it's good for the Eagles that they won, uh, especially because more losses. They, they actually have the toughest remaining strength of schedule in the NFL the rest of the way. And obviously the part of that is playing the Eagles. Uh, yeah. Again, well, yeah, because the, the Cowboys, Eagles, and Giants unexpectedly are a combined – 13 and yes. two so that's part of it but still like <laughs> yeah. you know i mean that's the deal they still have to play the giants twice they're probably not going to beat them twice even if mm-hmm. maybe not once so not really worried about them at all definitely good for them to ruin their draft position let's move on speaking of draft position to the bengals who are two and a half point favorites at the saints annoying that the seahawks couldn't pull it off last week yeah. in part because of like, a really dumb play where uh like they like Michael Dixon didn't punt the ball oh, when he right. could have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, okay, and it was blocked in return for a touchdown. Like really dumb, uh, kind of frustrating. There were six lead changes in that game. By the way, it was a back and forth game uh, with Seattle in New Orleans. Not a sustainable win for the Saints, I would say, in the sense of Taysom Hill having what like nine or whatever carries it was. Four touchdowns, right? For I think three rushing. Um, yeah, three rushing and then one passing. That's right. Yeah. So he had like what? Nine carries, twelve yards on the ground, one hundred and twelve yards, like and yeah. and also that one long run he had for the touchdown. Like it was so funny because you could see the defense was faster than him, and they kind of caught up to him, but they somehow <laughs> yeah. couldn't get him down. Yeah. Uh, like that's not a sustainable way to win. That's not sustainable. I I think Taysom Hill gets a little underrated because I think he can be useful sure. in the right dosage. Um, and I just think it's easy, you know he's an easy like target to bag on, and obviously the Saints misused him for a long time when they would like have Drew Brees and they would take him out for no good reason. Mm-hmm. But he can be useful at certain spots, but not to the point where he's going to be helping them win games like this every week. So um, at the same time, I don't love the Bengals vibes. I don't love their offensive line. Situation. I think they're playing a little better now than they were. So the first two games they really struggled. Yeah, and then they won comfortably the next two weeks. And then they played in Baltimore week mm-hmm. five and they almost won that game. The Baltimore needed a, a game winning field goal to, yeah. to end that. Um, so I think they're playing better okay. than, than they did initially, but I'm with you that they're not the same. They, they don't have shaky. the same explosiveness offensively. So last year, their, their offensive line was a problem all year, mm-hmm. but they still made all kinds of plays with Jamar Chase and T Higgins and Tyler Boyd, uh, and Joe Mixon and Joe Burrow had a, had a fantastic year. They haven't been. They haven't had the same kind of explosion, like big plays that that they had a year ago. But that, I think that's still a good team, and their defense has been decent as well. Who are you going to take? I think the bank. I think the Saints suck. So like, um, I'll take the Bengals. The Bengals were actually one of my picks and the mm-hmm. picks that I write uh, every week. What'd you say it was minus two and a half? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'll gladly lay the, the the two and a half. By the way, Taysom Hill. He, in addition to the rushing yards. And the passing touchdown, he their kick returner got hurt, so he was returning kicks. He played fullback, like he had a big block on a long Camaro uh, run, and uh, he he recovered. Uh, you mentioned like the, the Dixon play; mm-hmm. he recovered the fumble on that too. So like he was kind of all over the field on the, in that game. Uh, that's, that goes beyond NFC Offensive Player of the Week. That's like NFC Utility <laughs> yeah. Player, whatever. That's right. Um, all right. I'll also take the Bengals. I don't feel great about it. I would stay away from if I was actually betting from this. I would I would advise not doing that. I just don't feel comfortable with it. But I'll I'll leave the game. Bengals. Okay, I love I like the Bengals more than game. I do. Uh, Ravens five and a half point favorites at the New York Football Giants. Who do you have in that one? Oh, it's only five and a half now, huh? Hmm. I think that was at six before. 
Um, oh yeah, I mean, I love five and a half. I'll take the, I'll lay the five and a half with the Ravens. Um, the Giants are weird because it's like okay, they're beating these crappy teams, and then they beat the Packers in London, and we can argue that the Packers aren't as good as they were, and certainly they're not. But it's still a good team, and they still have Aaron Rodgers. And the Giants are this team that just kind of, they just kind of hang around. Mm -hmm. And they've won a lot of close games this year. And you see the upgrade from (laughs) Joe Judge uh, coaching staff to this Brian Dable coaching staff. And it's a big upgrade. And then, of course, they have the upgrade in the the front office, too. That's about as low a bar as as imaginable. Um, Actually, somebody, not to get off track here, but... I thought this was so good from from my chat. Somebody mentioned it when like teams get penalized, like losing draft picks for discretions, like cheating discretions or whatever. Uh, a more fun way to do that would be to have um, like another team in their division can can designate a person who makes their pick for them instead. So somebody could be like, okay, well, you don't lose your pick, but Dave Gettleman has to make it for you. <laughs> I'm like, yes, I love that idea. <laughs> um, anyway, the Giants are, are, are a much better run organization at this point. They're four and one. I look at their roster, just not good, but they're just hanging around in these games and they're winning the close games. Still, this team uh, in the, this Baltimore team is better than anyone they face so far this year. A uh, much more complete team. Lamar Jackson is a like, certified MVP candidate. Their defense is playing well. They win this game, then we have to start discussing the Giants as a legitimate you know, threat to the Eagles in, in the division. Uh, certainly, we have to start acknowledging that they're good. But I think this is a game where they stumble and, and uh, the Ravens beat them comfortably. Yeah, I don't buy the Giants as a like you know contender by any means just yet. But they are yeah. a respectable team. Like sure. on our inarguably a respectable team. They're um they're like nineteenth in DVOA, which I think kind of speaks to, you know, they're they're decent. They're not great. They're not actually although they are like eleventh in point differential. So, you know, they're they're a team you can't overlook. They're like a legitimate team, which is what a big upgrade from what they've been in a long time. I will take the Ravens here because I do think they're gonna come back to Earth a little bit and they're not they're gonna look like, oh, Kind of like last year's Eagles, like they're they're they can beat some of the bad teams and they're tough. They can hang around, mm-hmm. but they're not ready to hang with the big boys just yet. Is how I would put it. Um, I still think they're on a really good trajectory long term. Obviously, they still have to figure out quarterback and everything, but uh, I do think um, that they're respectable and they're not going to be certainly an easy game for the Eagles, especially having to play them twice. They could easily steal one of those two, not easily in terms of like blow out the Eagles. But like they're certainly a contender to do that, but I will take the Ravens here. Uh, I'm not fully giving them the benefit of the doubt just yet in terms of uh, being a legitimately good team. They're they're a playoff team. Giants will, to me, especially in a weak NFC. They could, they could, they could certainly get in, yeah. Yeah, I think they're like a, they're a wild card team is what I would say. They're 4-1. and one. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, And the NFC sucks. So. Yeah, they got, they got a lot of wins in the bank already. Yep. Um, and they have a tiebreaker over the Packers and uh, maybe some other teams coming up, depending on how their schedule goes. Uh, that brings us to the main event, Jimmy. Dallas Cowboys at Eagles Sunday night football, arguably the biggest game in the NFL this season. I've said, you know, Bills Chiefs is another contender this week, but who cares? Who cares about that game? It's the AFC. It's it's not even on primetime. Uh, this is the primetime slot. Huge game for the Eagles. Like, cannot stress enough. Like, they have to win this one. It's, it's, it feels weird to say 
it's a must win for a five and O team, but you have to, especially head of the bye. You have to have two weeks to talk about how the Eagles just lost to the Cowboys and put a big damper on a five and a loss to the Cowboys here is as big of as a damper as you could put possibly on a five. And it's the worst possible feeling you could have at five and one. Um, so have to win it. I think the Eagles are going to win it, Jimmy. I think we can't overcomplicate it. Like very simply, it's Cooper Rush. The Eagles can beat Cooper Rush. Jonathan Gannon, for all his faults, he beats the bad quarterbacks typically. We said that to his credit. And Cooper Rush falls in that category. Um, Cowboys are a legitimately good team. I'm not trying to be disrespectful to them. Uh, but to, to quote one to Marcus Lawrence, they haven't played the Eagles yet. Uh, so we don't even know if they're any good. Uh, I think the Eagles can win decisively in this one. I think they can set the Cowboys offense back. Cooper Rush is absolutely due for some turnovers. AJ Brown's going to have a big game in part because RJ, who I mentioned earlier, uh, it seems like he always tempts fate uh, in a way where like last year he was all over the Broncos being frauds and bad. And then they beat the Cowboys this year. He likes to bag on the oh, Colts. Saying the Eagles are, are you saying the Eagles are frauds? No, but wait, oh, I'll okay. get to it. Uh, last year it's the Colts. So I, I guarantee, I'm guaranteeing the Colts win over the Cowboys this year. He always like, somehow this, this always comes back <laughs> to bite him. He said the Eagles lost the AJ Brown trade. Uh, more generally, he said every team that traded for a receiver lost like the trade. Like he, he wasn't a fan of, he thought like it's a better idea to, to not pay premium at that position, which also is not aging well. That's a general take, but yeah. specifically he included, but he included the AJ Brown trade in there. And I think he's kind of come off of that a little bit in terms like he, he realizes he was kind of wrong about that, but still, uh, AJ Brown is going to have a big game and he's going to make RJ look silly and he was going to win and advance to six and zero atop the NFC East well on their way to getting the one seed at this point too. And also kind of, depending how things go after the buy kind of like mitigating the importance of that, whatever week 17 or 16, whatever it is, Cowboys yeah. game in Dallas. <laughs> like I was, if the Eagles win this one and they keep rolling, it's not like, you know, necessarily be able to sit their starters for that, but it might not be that important in terms of like, they could still get the one seed without even needing that win potentially. Um, so big one in Philly have to get it. Crowd's going to be crazy. Eagles win by a score of 24 to 17. They just cover. Okay, so you have a narrow cover. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I have the Eagles smashing this team. <laughs> I mean, it's Cooper Rush. What are we talking about here? Mm -hmm. It's I, I have him 31 to 10. Wow. Uh, I, I think the Eagles win very comfortably in this game. I just think the matchups favor, them, favor yeah. them in a lot of different areas. I think they can take advantage, like I mentioned before, with their whoever's, – whoever's not – whoever Trayvon Diggs isn't covering, I think the Eagles can, can attack – and win against. Um, I think the Eagles defensive line has a big advantage over the Cowboys offensive line. I think the Cowboys defensive line, particularly because they're edge rushers. We like we've, we've, we've been through this twice already this year, the Vikings with Zadarius Smith and Daniel Hunter, fantastic duo of edge rushers negated by the Eagles offensive, by the Eagles tackles. And then, you know, week four Jacksonville, you have, you know, defensive Josh Allen and you have uh, Trayvon Walker negated again by the Eagles offensive tackles. So yeah, I don't think this is that much different. Certainly Michael Parsons is better than anyone they face so far this year. And he's one of the best players in the league. Uh, Demarcus Lawrence is playing well. We've already been through all that. Dorrance Armstrong. Uh, who's the other guy? That, Dante, that I missed Fowler. Before the, Dante Fowler. Okay. So they got all these edge rushers 
it's the strength of the Eagles too. So that's mm-hmm. strength on strength. And I think the Eagles can run on this team. I yeah. think uh, they, they, they'll be able to get after Cooper Rush. The, the Eagles will, you know, prioritize stopping the run. And once they get them, you know, uh, in, in situations where they have to throw, they're going to get after Cooper Rush. And I think they can force him into some turnovers. I love the Eagles in this matchup. Again, 31 to 10. If they lose the Eagles, they're still like favorites to win the division, according to, you know, like, Sites like I think I think was, I saw like Football Outsiders a, a tweet they put out. They're still favorites to win the division. Um, still favorites to even get the one seed. Maybe even if they win this game, they're like almost ninety percent to win the division, and yeah. they're something like they're they're I think they're forty nine percent right now on, on five thirty eight dot com to get the one seed. They win this game, they're going to be up over 60 on that, oh, yeah. which is crazy to think after just six games that they'd be over 60% to be the to be the one seed in the NFC. Uh, so it's a huge game for uh, playoff seeding implications down the line. Um, and it's right now, I think the number two team behind them on 538.com, by the way, on the on the chance for getting the one seed is the Cowboys. And then thereafter, it's, uh, it's a, I think it's a mix of Buccaneers, Packers, uh, Vikings, etc. So, uh, yeah, uh, I think this is another game where there's some angst leading up to it, like there was week two uh, against the Vikings. And I think when this thing is over, it's going to be like, well, not sure what we were all worried about. <laughs> so, uh, th- so just to also take a step back to here, by the way, I thought the Eagles were a better team than Cowboys during training camp. Tyron Smith gets hurt. Okay, the Eagles are definitely the better team now. Dak Prescott gets hurt. What are we doing? Like, if the Eagles cannot beat Cooper Rush, then uh, yeah, this would be an extraordinarily disappointing loss. But um, I was surprised when the line came out and it was only five and a half. Um, but yeah, uh, give me give me the Eagles and, and I'll lay whatever you want me to lay. Uh, five and a half, six, six and a half. I think the Eagles win comfortably. I will repeat what I said multiple times this week. I just think the Eagles stock is a little lower right now than it should be based on that Arizona game. It's always the way. Whatever they did last. Right. So exactly. And I think it's it's a good time to buy that stock because I think the Eagles are going to come out in this one knowing that last week was not up to the standard and they're going to want to play better. Obviously, they always want to play better. But like, I think that kind of that win kind of left a bad taste in their mouth, especially, you know, Jalen Hurts was even kind of saying as much. Yep. And I, I think they know they need to play better. I think the guys coming back from injury, Jordan Mailata, I'm expecting Avante Maddox. I think that's, you know, those are significant returns. Um I think they. I think it's not lost on this team how big of a game this is, especially coming off such a bad and embarrassing loss to the Cowboys in Dallas last year, the only game that mattered against the Cowboys last season. I think they want this one really bad. I think they know they need this. Um, I think that's why they probably were conservative maybe a little bit with some of those injuries last week too with Mylotta and Maddox. Could be. Um, not to say that they definitely could have played, but I think they were, like I was saying, maybe try to be a little bit extra safe because they know the importance of this game. And again, the crowd's going to be crazy. I think I think the Eagles do it. I think uh, even though the Cowboys are the underdogs in terms of the spread and most people, most of the action will be on the Eagles. I still think there's like this perception like that. the I think the Cowboys by 
the opposite of what I said about the Eagle stock. I think the Cowboys stock right now is inflated. I think it's a little mm-hmm. high and you don't want to buy it right now because everyone's like, oh, they're rolling. They're just going to keep winning. Uh, defense is amazing. Who could who could possibly do anything against this defense, even though the Eagles defense like ranks higher in DVOA than them? Uh, not <laughs> right. to say they necessarily have the better defense, but it's not even like... It's not like I think they do, by the way. I'll, I'll, I'll sure. go ahead and say that. I think the Eagles have the better defense. That's fine. That's fine. But I'm saying like... Yeah, exactly. There's an argument, at least to be made. It's not like indisputably the Cowboys are ahead. So, uh, yeah, I think the Cowboys are getting a little bit overrated. Uh, and I think the Eagles win this game, and it's huge. So, hopefully, I've just manifested it into fruition. I still have to make the bet. I forgot to freaking make the bet with RJ uh, about what we're going to do about the outcome of this game. But we'll get together. We'll talk about that. Maybe we'll do it on the look ahead. There you go. So, all the more reason to listen to that show. Uh, this week. In addition, you can listen to you know the NFC East mixtape, the two episodes we did, or watch them on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe to the Bleeding Green Nation YouTube channel. Um, any final thoughts, Jimmy? Yeah, why don't we add this to the repertoire every week? Give me your Eagles player of the game, mm. both on offense and defense. Mm. Let's add another 40 minutes to the podcast. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no, this, this can just be quick, because we already AJ covered AJ Brown, of offense, yeah. and Jordan Davis, defense. I'm going to go Josh Sweat. Mm, sweaty. Off, uh, defense. And I was going to go AJ Brown, so I'll pick something different. I'll go Lane Johnson. Mm, okay. Def- on Good call. I think you're the biggest Lane proponent. Not, uh, not, uh, that's not a criticism. You should be. Uh, okay. My final thoughts. I have tickets to two events that I'm very much looking forward to. Number one, Blink-182 is back, Jimmy. Big news. Um, my good friend, Mark Hoppus, who I've met before, uh, the bass player for Blink-182. Flex, who, who I've met before. Yeah, you know, we're friends. Uh, he follows me on Twitter. Uh, I think, I don't I don't know if I've told this story before in the podcast, but he followed me after I stood up for Doug, when Doug went for two against Baltimore in 2016. Okay. And he kind of like questioned the call. He's not like, to be clear too, he's not like the biggest football guy. So like, yeah. you know, he's like coming at it from a perspective of like, why did they do that? Like, I don't, I don't get that. Yeah. Uh, and I just like tweeted back. I was like, I think actually, I think it was the right call. Not in like a disrespectful way too. And nice actually, you know, this discourse on Twitter where like you can be respectful yeah, and could, disagree yeah, and be like, disagree. Oh, here's yeah. why I feel wow. differently. It's like, Oh, and then he followed me back. And then, um, yeah, it's been friends since. So there you go. He was like tweeting at me during this. There was like at one point, this is how like weird, like our jobs can be. There's one point where like Mark Hoppus, Ryan Philippi and I were all like tweeting at each other <laughs> when I was in Minnesota having dinner at, at this place. Uh, I was getting a juicy Lucy leading up to the Super Bowl. I'm like, what is what is going on? What is <laughs> That's what, what is this? Uh, so yeah, had the flex there, but very excited to see Blink One Eighty Two. Bummed out they're not going to be in uh, Philly, so uh, I'm going to Washington D.C. with my good friend Zach to see Mark Tom DeLong, who's back in the band again. Uh, he returned again, and Travis Barker play down there. So if you're going to that D.C. show as well, I guess uh, which is in May 2023, so it's a it's a while out. Uh, but let me know. You know, I'll be there. Maybe we'll run into each other. And then much more uh, sooner, as in this afternoon, I pulled the trigger, Jimmy. I'm going to the Phillies uh, game oh, against nice. the Braves. Oh, nice. There today. you go. Okay. I, was, I was on the fence. I'm like, got to do it. How many times? What time is that? Uh, it's like 427 or something like that. Right, I don't know. Good. It's, it's in the afternoon. afternoon then. Yeah. So I'm going to be going uh, to that game. Hopefully we get a big Phil's win here to go up 2-1. Look, they did what they needed to do. Like they still won in Atlanta. That's all they need. They got to unlucky do. in that game too. They they hit a lot of balls hard that just didn't that just found their way to Braves players. 
And, you're talking uh, the about Bra- the, the game they the, lost or the first one? The game they lost. They got okay, some. Yeah. Um, they got some. They hit yeah, a lot the of balls made some early in that game. Catches too. Yeah, like. And then the Braves, like the beginning they had, it was just dribblers that got through the infield. Sure, and you know it's in Atlanta. Like they're, mm-hmm. it'd be very tough to expect the Eagles to win both of those. They want winning one was a win. You win one, and now you have a chance to win two at the bank and. Maybe don't even send it back to Atlanta. I, I hope, please don't do that. Again, I do not want that to happen. I'd almost prefer the the Phillies to lose the next two than go to game five because I just don't want, uh, obviously I want them to win in advance, but I just don't want Eagles, Cowboys, and Braves, Phillies on the same day. I can't, oh, yeah, right. it's exactly, too much. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it could be, it potentially it could be an awesome day, but I just, it's just too stressful. I don't want to deal with that. Um, I don't want to have to like try to have attention on the Phillies while I'm trying to, you know, prepare for Eagles stuff and everything. Oh, that could kind of be fun in the press box, right? Mm-hmm. Sure. Up to the yeah, game, thing to watch. All the TVs. Because usually, you know, the TVs are on other NFL games, but yeah. I'm sure, like, we'd have to, like, someone, some of those TVs would have to be on the Phillies, right? Like, have to yeah, be, they'd like, have to, to they have to, yeah. So to there'd, be too, there'd be too many people asking them for it. But, Especially yeah. because some of the reporters who cover the Eagles, too, also cover, you know, the Phillies. So they'd have mm-hmm. to kind of keep an eye on that. Um, but, yeah, so hope it doesn't get to that because I hope the Phillies just freaking win tonight and then win on Saturday as well and close this out in advance to the NLCS. Oh, man, just would be awesome. Um, so, yeah, I'm really excited to get to go to the game today. And uh, follow me on Twitter, at Brandon Gowton, and Instagram, at Brandon Gowton, to see, you know, maybe I'll tweet out a picture, send out a picture. Uh, that's exciting. You can see where <laughs> see where I'm sitting. Uh, and if you're going to the game and somehow you're hearing this before the game, uh then you can look out for me and say hi if you run into me. Any final thoughts by you, Jimmy? I do not. I actually have to. No, that's right. I'm we, keeping we you along way here. longer. And I gotta get. I gotta go over to Nick Sirianni's press. Right, well, let's wrap this up uh, at Brandon Gowton on Twitter and Instagram for me at Jimmy Kemsky on Twitter and Instagram for Jimmy. Check out his work at phillyvoice.com, my work at bleedinggreennation.com. Rate, review, subscribe to the pod, all that good stuff. Check out Righteous Felon Craft Jerky by going to righteousfelon.com using discount code BGN15 for 15% off your order. Check out the DraftKings same game parlay that we'll have at Bleeding Green on Twitter and at Bleeding Green Insta on Instagram. That'll be up on game day. For uh, uh, If you're looking to buy, sell, or rent a house, you want to go to RoadTrailers.com or call or text this phone number. 856-906-9295. We will be back with you after the Eagles beat the Dallas Cowboys. Goodbye, everybody. P-G-N. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement. Support for this show comes from Vanta. Dealing with loads of spreadsheets, juggling different tools, and having to do manual security checks, it can be a headache to keep up with today's compliance and security programs. Vanta is the trust management platform that wants to simplify things and bring all your trust-building efforts under one roof, making growth smoother for your whole organization. Vanta lets you automate up to 90% of compliance for SOC 2, ISO 27001, HIPAA, and more. 
strengthen security posture, and reduce third-party risk. Get $1,000 off Vanta when you go to vanta.com slash vox. That's V-A-N-T-A dot com slash vox for $1,000 off Vanta.